Today, answers matter more than ever before. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage customer questions with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to work for any industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash Watson Assistant. Crazy old man in the attic. Episode 59. Wilbon, we're going to start with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers had a press conference today. I listened to it. Obviously, he was asked about the Packers uh, drafting Jordan Love. He conceded that was a surprise, but he said he understood that management had to look to the future with the team. He said he'd enjoyed good relationships with backup quarterbacks through the years. He expected to have the same with Jordan Love. He also said he wants to play into his 40s, and he allowed that it might be elsewhere. Of everything that you heard, what was your biggest takeaway? I don't have a takeaway. My takeaway is that Aaron Rodgers is a smart guy. Aaron Rodgers is not going to behave like a dope publicly. He's not going to say things that are incendiary like uh, Snell, the pitcher down in Tampa. I mean, he understands it. He understands what he's doing, Aaron Rodgers. And so, look, it may be an ending, Tony, that's like a lot of these other endings that aren't happy with great iconic quarterbacks and the clubs they were with for most of their time. And maybe like Brett Favre, we don't know. But Aaron Rodgers says he understands, I believe him. Even if he's a little miffed, he took a very high road. He behaved in an adult way, which is what people can say Aaron Rodgers is a diva if they want. Aaron Rodgers, to me, always seems reasonable. And this time, as much as any. Smarter than your average bear is the notes that yeah. I took down as I was listening to this whole thing. Look, I would say the biggest takeaway for me is what you just alluded to, that this may end like Brady, like Montana, like so many others. It may not end in Green Bay because he said, you know, I want to play into my 40s. If that's not going to work out, uh, he said, there's a direct quote, other guys have gone and played elsewhere. I had not heard that before from Aaron Rodgers. I also, I was impressed is the wrong word. I was taken by the fact that he referred to my backup quarterbacks. He put Jordan Love in that category, which is don't get too high yet, kid. You're a backup quarterback right now. But he said he's had good relationships with the others, and he expected to have this one. And I did like, and and he had to say this. It's another direct quote. I'm not going to say I was thrilled by the pick. And And Mike, he had to say that. We didn't have to. We've learned over the past couple of days, you know, you don't have to do it. Aaron Rodgers did it. And Tony, I'm, you know, I, I don't think in any way this is going to be like Joe Montana was to Steve Young, as frosty as he was, or as Favre was to Rodgers. I agree Rogers with you. He's too smart a guy for that. He's too smart a guy. I for agree that. with you totally. You know, yeah, I agree. And don't say smarter than the average bear. You, you know what you were doing. Oh, don't I didn't try mean to that as a that personal insult me. to uh, your team. That's uh, just yeah, a you phrase. Did. Yeah, no. you did. On a podcast with Barstool Sports yesterday, Tone, former Steeler James Harrison said Mike Tomlin gave him an envelope after Harrison was fined for a hit to the head of Cleveland receiver Muhammad Massacoy in 2010. Remember, Saints head coach Sean Payton, who was suspended for a full season for his role in the Bounty Gate scandal, says he does not expect the National Football League to seriously look into this allegation, but do you? Um, I think the National Football League will look into it, yes. I don't think they're going to look into it with the fervor of the FBI. I think it's going to be on a cursory <laughs> level. 
This happened in 2010. I don't think they want this. Look, this is not Bounty Gate. James Harrison wasn't told you're going to get paid off if you knock a guy out of the game. This is It's not the same thing, and Sean Payton knows it's not the same thing. Well, Tony, I, I will agree with you it's not Bounty Gate, but there does seem to be incentive. It's incentivized if the coach hands you an envelope. And the question is, what was in the envelope? Could have been a note that said nice hit for all we know. We don't, we don't know what was in the envelope yet. We haven't heard from Mike Tomlin, which seems a little bit weird to me because Mike Tomlin's a guy who when stuff is out there, he steps right up and says, if something's erroneous, this is wrong. Shut up. So I don't, I don't know what to make of it. I, 2010. I mean, people were still knocking folks out. And by the way, that hit, I looked at it over and over and over again. It wasn't anything we haven't seen 20,000 times. So I'm sorry. I, I can't get all worked up over it. I understand what Sean Payton is saying. You suspended me. I didn't even have an appeals process I could go through. And the players that were under his charge, they got away with nothing, with no real penalty. So I, I don't know what the NFL will do. I, I, I would think for appearances purposes, Tony, they might act like they're looking into it. So I'm going to talk for a while on this because it wasn't flagged in the moment. Art Rooney II has said, this didn't happen. In other words, no payoff from Tomlin. Harrison's agent said, I'd have known about it. This didn't happen. Well, you wouldn't have known about it. Two people would have known about it. James Harrison and Mike Tomlin. And one of them said it did happen. And as you say, we're waiting for the other one on confirmation. I just want to add this. James Harrison made the greatest, most impactful football play I have ever seen in the Super Bowl. I believe it was in January of 2009. They're playing Arizona. They're up 10 to 7. Arizona is on the one-yard line and going in. Kurt Warner throws a pass. Harrison intercepts. The clock is out. It's 0-0-0. He goes all the way down the field, bulls his way into the end zone. So instead of it being 14-10 to Arizona, it's 17-7 to Pittsburgh. I rank that one of the great plays I've ever seen. Let us move on. Jim Trotter of the NFL Network is reporting that next week, NFL owners will vote on a plan to incentivize Will Bond, the Rooney rule. Uh, the enhancement will be moving up in the draft. So if you hire a black coach or a black GM, you can move up from six to 16 slots in the third round. I've got some comments on this. Will Bond, do you see this as significant change, as adding to significant change? Tony, I- I'm conflicted here. I mean, I, w- I want to say at a boy to the league, the people in the league offices and around the league who look at the situation in 2020 and go, my God, this is awful. We've got to do something. So let me let me isolate that sentiment that is being felt in multiple quarters around the league and say, yeah, 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 I'm with you there. But Tony, if the league has to do this in 2020, how awful, how pathetic is the NFL? This is sad, Tone, that they would have to incentivize it in such an obvious way that they can't pull themselves together and simply interview and hire qualified black people. Are you serious? What is this, 1947? So my feeling about this is that, that, and I I know this is going to sound cynical, but this sounds like a game show. This sounds like, hey, over here... 
over here, if you hire this guy, you can <laughs> yeah. move up in the draft. You might even get yeah. into the second round instead of third. Or do you want to play the cards that you've got, and then we move on to the lightning round? I mean, that's the cynical part in me. You that's know how cynical. I feel about this. I feel that the best way to get people hired is to sit in a room and somebody blows you away. Mike Tomlin did this in Pittsburgh. John Harbaugh did this in Baltimore. It is not necessarily about race. It is about presentation where you say, this is what I would do for your club. And people go, whoa, I got to have this guy. I, I believe, I believe that the people are sincere here, but you and I both agree. You can't truly tell somebody who to hire. And I, I hope it works, but there's a part of me which says it, it feels sort of odd. Tone, the thing is, and you're not being cynical. You, look, you know how I am when it comes to the NFL and, and this particular issue. You shouldn't have to try to tell anybody who to hire in 2020. This is Jackie Robinson was 73 years ago. What are we talking about here? You mean to tell me that NFL owners as a group with pressure from a commissioner and others within the industry can't find black people to hire Tony? This is a lie. This is BS of the highest order that the NFL has to go to these lengths. It shouldn't have to go to these lengths. This should be embarrassing to the NFL and everyone associated with it. And I'm afraid it's not. But on the other hand, Mike, you and I both would affirm that you hire who you think is best, that you hire who you say to yourself, this is the right guy for me. I I think probably what you would find is that black coaches are not hired in the numbers that they should be. And also they are not given as long a period of time to change the team around. And and I don't draft choices. uh, I'm not, uh, I don't know. It does sound like a game show. It It does. 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 does Black people come on down so you can move up in the draft. I'm like, what? No, it it sounds like one of those game shows that Ellen DeGeneres would do on Saturday night in the summer. It just does to me. It's like a so. Saturday light night live skit. It yeah. is. But I mean, come yeah. on. God, yeah. this is embedded. So. When I st- when I start throwing the word plantation around, I don't want to see a frown out of you. I don't. Because this stuff like this is the reason why. And yet the My effort God. is sincere. The effort is sincere. It I just said that the, be, the first yeah. thing I said is I want to applaud yeah. The sense of, oh, my God, we're in a bad situation. Let's do something. And now this. Let's finish this segment with anything else. We're going to play. What's the word? It may make us laugh. Given how little there's been in the way of live sports the last few months, Tone, having NASCAR, the Bundesliga and professional golf this weekend makes you feel blank. It makes me feel nervous. I want it to work. I'm not sure it's going to work. I'm going to watch the golf out of Seminole. I'm sure you're going to watch it as well. Um, But these are two sports that are not team sports. And the sport that is a team sport, soccer, is being played in another country with different metrics than here and different social circumstance than here. And and I I think that golf can be played and NASCAR can go. I think horse racing can go. I think maybe tennis can go as well. But team sports, Mike, team sports, I don't know that it speaks to them. I hope it's a good blueprint, but I'm a little bit nervous. 
apprehensive was my word, Tony, which is essentially the same as yours. And look, I, I mean, I agree with you. We all we, we both thought golf, of course, can be played NASCAR, the things you went over. Look, I mean, you got MMA. I mean, you got literally a, a, a blood sport, if you will, out there that's being contested as well. But Tony, Bundesliga, that's going to be interesting. And, and it's going to be interesting. Look, the world is small. Most of us, except American Samoa, have had this issue where the world has tilted now for going on three months, three plus months, actually. And so we're even even though the Bundesliga is in, in Europe, we are still going to look for clues as to what this might mean for the United States and team sports going forward. It doesn't mean it's going to be an exact blueprint. And anybody thinks that is crazy. But, Tone, just to have something back, to have some sports back, some competition to look at. I'm going to look at all this stuff. I, I, I've looked at a little bit of Korean baseball. I'm going to check it all. I'm going to check all of it. Yeah, I want to I just want to get to the notion that I've, I've repeated here time and time again, that I think hockey and basketball should finish. I believe they should finish. But baseball, it hasn't even started. Football, it hasn't even started. It is conceivable to me that we may miss 2020. We may miss 2021 with, with sports that haven't even started yet. And I don't I don't have a good solution. And like you, I am hopeful that this works. But day after day after day, you say to yourself, wow, is it going to work? Not sure. Not sure. Yeah. We'd like to end on a better note on a feel-good Friday. Though we're apart these days, we're sharing more. So at Geico, we'd like to say thanks. Thanks for sharing your savage dance moves. Thanks for sharing your DIY haircut fails. Thanks for sharing your inner lip sync star. Now it's our turn to share with the Geico Give Back, a 15% credit on car and motorcycle policies for current and new customers. Because we're committed for the long haul, the 15% credit lasts your full policy term. Visit geico.com slash giveback for more info and eligibility. It could be a routine drive to pick up the kids after school or an epic road trip across the country. No matter where your travels take you, we know those miles count. We're Marathon. We have over 5,700 stations across our great nation. Our people are working hard every day to provide you with quality top-tier gasoline to improve engine performance and fuel your life. Marathon, fueling the American spirit. Glasses, legal pad, happy's on a Friday. Happy 67th birthday, George Brett, the Hall of Fame third baseman of the Kansas City Royals. Invariably, when you see tape of Brett, they show you Brett running out of the dugout like a crazy man. On July 24th, 1983, when it was determined there was too much pine tar on his bat, and the home run he hit in the top of the ninth inning to give the Royals the lead over the Yankees was nullified, and Brett was called out. Third out, game over. But it was what Brett could do with the bat that made him special. Brett was sandwiched between Rod Carew and Tony Gwynn as the best pure hitters in baseball. But Brett had far more power. He finished with 317 homers. Brett was a 13-time All-Star, a three-time American League batting champ, including his MVP year of 1980 when he hit below 390. He finished with 3,154 hits, which got him into Cooperstown on the first ballot. By the way, Wilbon, that homer against the Yankees that was nullified, the Royals protested that call. They won the call. The homer was restored in the replay on August 18th. The Royals won the game. Yeah, how about that, Tony? I, that film, that, that video is so irresistible. 
And it's another umpire who's got Brett around the neck and shoulders holding him back. Not his own guys. It's unthinkable that you would see that now. George Brett, what a great player. Don't forget him, millennials. Not so happy anniversary, Jose Bautista. On this day four years ago, Joey Bats took a straight right hand from Rugnetto door. Boom. This brawl was a continuation of Bautista's extravagantly theatrical backflip the season before in the playoffs. Texas didn't forget. Just prior to Odor punching him, Bautista had been deliberately plunked by the Rangers. Ever chesty, Bautista slid hard into second base. Odor took offense and popped him. Bautista was a powerful hitter for Toronto. He led the American League in homers in 2010 and 11 with 54 and 43. He finished with 344 homers. <laughs> but these last three seasons, he was cut by Toronto, cut by the Braves, drifted through the Mets and the Phillies, became a free agent, nobody signed him. Now Wilbon, wants to come back as a pitcher. Reportedly, he can hit 94 on his fastball. Wouldn't you love to see him pitch to Odor? No, I might not want to see him pitch to him, Tony, because I might be afraid of the confrontation that ensues, and we'd be talking about that for another 10 years, too. Melancholy happy trails to Bob Watson. The first black general manager in baseball to win a World Series died yesterday at 74. He was GM of the Yankees when they won the 1996 championship. But Watson is also remembered as a player, mainly with the Houston Astros, where he played first base and left field. Played 14 years for the Astros, made two all-star teams, hit over 304 times. In 1979, playing for Boston, Watson became the first player to hit for the cycle in both leagues. Two years previous, he hit for the cycle in Houston when the Astros were still in the National League. After retiring as a player, Watson began coaching. At Oakland, he was hitting coach for the Bash brothers, Canseco and McGuire. The Astros hired him as general manager in 1993, and the Yankees hired him for the same spot in 1995. Watson later worked for Major League Baseball as vice president in charge of discipline and vice president of rules and on-field operations before retiring fully in 2010. Tony, I was able, when I was covering baseball, to have a few conversations with Bob Watson. And I know it wasn't a Hall of Fame career, but it was a distinguished career, and he was a distinguished gentleman. And it's just depressing news today to hear that he passed. Tony, before we go and throw it back to Sage and Matt, I'm just going to show you, just for the record, I got a legal pad. I got glasses, too. It's not yellow, Mike. The pros use yellow, not white. They use yellow.